0: Heads up, friends, the unofficial Shopify podcast is made by indie entrepreneurs or indie entrepreneurs and may contain material not suitable for all audiences, like swearing or economics. Listener discretion is advised. In the world of e-commerce, it is high time we shift focus. It's not just about chasing revenue anymore. In the face of escalating ad costs and slim margins, your real profit is the game changer. That's the name of the game for 2024, Profit. That's where StoreHero shines. By seamlessly integrating your sales, marketing, and cost data, StoreHero unveils the true picture of profitability, even down to a single order's contribution margin. Scaling your ad spend will become a confident, data-driven decision, propelled by clear, actionable insights from a platform that values profit over revenue. Ready to redefine e-commerce success? Visit StoreHero.ai and explore a platform tailored for the profit-centric brand. And here's a sweet deal. Schedule a demo and mention the unofficial Shopify podcast for an exclusive offer, a free profitability audit for 2024. That's storehero.ai. Friends, I turned 41 shortly this year. I do. I turned 41. And I have been involved in e-commerce since I was a teenager. It's like I was doing retail arbitrage before I knew it was called that. I was flipping Furbies on eBay. That was how I initially got into it. Uh, and It just stuck with it over the years. And so uh, digital marketing, e-commerce, the internet, right? These things have all been with me for over 20 years. If I often wonder if I had to start over or if I had to start later, would I have taken the same path? Would I be able to, would I want to? And of course, I don't know, right? Like growing up with it, you know, think about it. It seems normal to you. If, as an adult, if I'd never been exposed to e-commerce and I just went like, oh, I'm gonna get into e-commerce. I don't know, it, certainly it would be harder. I would have to imagine. And our guest today had this experience. He went from being a New York firefighter to uh, a, a digital marketer, to learning the tools, learning the, the industry, the trade, and uh, helping run Shopify stores. And so our, our guest is Johnny Hickey, who he's got um, PerfectWhiteTea.com is the site he works on, uh, along with his wife. Oh, Johnny, welcome. How are you doing?
1: I'm good. You have to point I have to point out that Jem and and Lisa Hickey are the uh, founders of the store. I just do the marketing.
0: Glad you clarified that. I don't don't want to like steal entrepreneurial glory from someone. It's horrible. Yeah. You were a New York firefighter. You retired from that now. How long ago
1: did you get into
0: e-commerce and digital marketing?
1: Or 2017. I started reading some books on Audible. I think 4-Hour Workweek was one of them. And I was like, wow, ah, wouldn't it be cool to have an e-com business? I was in real estate. I had a I was a fireman, but I also had my own business, which was the real estate business, very hands on and in person. So I started to read some stuff and look around and I was like, oh man, e commerce is so cool. No toilet bowls. You know, nobody calling you on like Sunday night at 10 o'clock like that. Tree just hit the house. The electricity's out. The police are here. Can you help me? None of that stuff. I was like, this sounds cool.
0: What's funny is I thought you were talking about like being a landlord. I did not put together that with like, was was that uh, firefighter experience or landlord experience?
1: I bought my first house in two thousand and six, and it was a disaster. Uh, so I ended up having financially, it was a financial disaster because of you know two thousand seven and eight financial crisis. I had to move into the sub cellar in this house and rent out all three floors, and one of the floors was already <laughs> oh, below ground. So I was underneath like fourteen feet underground to uh, to financially make it through that through that time. And um, so I stumbled into being a landlord and uh, I kept at it for you know about 12, 12 years or so, 13 years.
0: But all right, so six years ago, you read four hour work week. What step two? How does that lead to getting into e commerce? What was your, your first venture
1: here? I was taking a stab at a few different things and nothing was really uh, happening. You know, try things out. I started looking around for products. In 2019, I finally had enough time because I had sold almost all my real estate, to start to dabble. And my wife had a website at the time. She's in fashion. She's always launching businesses. So she had a website at the time for a small general store with a couple of thousand SKUs. And she turned that over to me to do some marketing. It was a Shopify store. And I was like, oh, this is really cool. So I started trying to make that store do revenues.
0: What did the store sell? What was it?
1: It sold women's clothing in the contemporary market. It was in Katona, New York. And the store, I would say, you know, they had a couple of items under 50 bucks, but for the most part, most of the items would be 80 to $300. She would sell t-shirts, denim, some outerwear for the winter, and then cards, socks, some small jewelry items, sunglasses.
0: And this was brick and mortar, but not online.
1: She put it online for me.
0: That was your... Your first real, like, I have access to a running e commerce business. What's this first experience like?
1: So, I was, it was a little frustrating. I was beating my head up against the wall. You know, I'd, she'd have a little success locally with our customers just going online and buying stuff. So, because of that, I would pretty much filter through the results and be like, who didn't hear about us locally? And it was very few people. It was really, really few people. So the first thing I attempted, because I was watching Mr. Sam Baldwin YouTube videos about Google Merchant Center and Google Ads, was I attempted to upload the whole stock up to Google so that I could compete with thousands of other stores in shopping ads. And I probably spent about four or five months doing that. I think the most business I did from Google Ads at that point was about ten grand over the span of four or five months.
0: Did you see that as, hey, I'm starting to see traction and this is exciting, or were you frustrated with lack of results? Because it could go either way.
1: I was frustrated with the platform sometimes because there's a lot of policies, changes, and there's you know a lot of things that you might not know. It's not very intuitive, Google Merchant Center, and as well, Google Ads, I would say to a lesser degree, can be somewhat tough, Google Analytics. Uh, i was i was excited by it i was every time i had like a small win like a couple of sales in the beginning i hear that ding i would rush to the phone and it'd be like local custom or repeat customer and i'd be like no no <laughs> i want new business so eventually though it started to stuff started to fill in and then when that when that happened i started to double down the biggest challenge i had was that buying wise she didn't want to get stuck with any merchandise so she would buy like Things in three sizes or four sizes, two to three items each size. She knew her customers. So she'd do something like three, two, two, or one, two, two, one for sizing. You know, she'd order one small, one medium, one large, one extra large, sometimes one, two, 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 one. And so when I would sell those items, I had to start with a brand new listing. I didn't want to use anybody else's pictures. So I was having my wife take pictures all the time. And she was busy. She runs like three or four businesses. So she'd be frustrated me asking for new photo content.
0: Once you, if you were able to start getting those sales, were you able to convince her to be like, Hey, we could stock more. It sounds like the initial hurdle was like, just get her to buy more inventory and have faith.
1: She wouldn't, she wouldn't, she refused. She, she's, it's a seasonal business. What she's in contemporary.
0: You said you're like, this business is going to be a fly. You didn't believe in it. And It's come back around on you.
1: Yeah, of course. Well, at this point, like what year is this? That's around 2019. Uh-oh,
0: because we know what comes
1: next. <laughs> <back. laughs> the fall of 2019, the spring. I mean, I support my wife in everything she does, but she had opened up three or four businesses in a year or two, and I was just like, oh, man, like, let me do my own thing over here. Uh, and I liked the photo business, so I was really pushing that. But then she came up with this t-shirt brand idea, and I was like, whatever, you know, you do this. I'm going to take care of Fado over here, which was the, the brick and mortar store. And whenever she needed help with anything, I would help. But for the most part, her and Jen Menchaca were the ones doing that. I never expressed to them doubt, but I certainly had a lot of doubt in what they were doing. Oh, no.
0: That's <laughs> how so you... But you were... starting <laughs> right, So the first... You were assisting with that other store, photo. What year do they start up Perfect White Tea? This is... Because this one really eclipses
1: the first, right? Yes. Okay. In 2019, they launched Perfect YT, And I was working on several stores, other stores that my wife had introduced me to people. I was kind of dabbling with stores, maybe doing $20,000 a month or $50,000 a month. I was consulting on them. I was offering them advice. I was tinkering with the stores. I wasn't really making any money at it. I was working full-time in the fire department. And then in uh, 2020, I had decided to launch my own little business at one point. And the reason was, because what was going on in early 2020, um, we, we get these like little meetings in the fire department sometimes from law enforcement or organizations, and a national law enforcement organization, a federal law enforcement agency, had briefed us that there was a, a virus around and that it was going to be probably going to be something to worry about. And when I returned from this briefing that was at fire department training grounds, I went to the firehouse and opened up this locker and noticed that we had almost no masks. So I made a quick phone call to the place that we get our masks from, another firehouse, and I mentioned it to them, and they said we're we'll going back. And you know, I don't remember the exact conversation, but basically a couple of days later I heard back from those guys and it was like, we don't have any. Nobody has any. So I was like, oh man, this is, you know, I told my boss, told him about it. But then when I went home personally, I started looking on Amazon and Google and tried to find some. And then I went to a small entrepreneur's website called Fastlane Forum, and I found a guy who had access to masks.
0: And so uh, just based off the fact that you couldn't acquire them immediately, you already had the sense that these were going to be in demand. What was, like, what was the driving force behind trying to source masks?
1: I don't watch TV. When you're in a firehouse, there's TVs sometimes, and I would walk through rooms occasionally and hear guys, while they were talking, people were talking, the news would be in the background. And we were hearing a little bit about the coronavirus from the news, and I had new- known this briefing, and I also know that the city of New York has a tremendous resources. So if the fire department in the city of New York doesn't have any masks, that means that that's a big problem.
0: Ah, uh, okay. And so- Based on that, you knew just experience. you were like, this is suspicious. And you knew, you know, the news is talking about it. You're getting briefed on it. So I think your, your spidey sense is going off. And now you're like, all right, we got to source these things.
1: Yeah, that's correct.
0: All right. And so you source them. You're able to find someone who could source them. Now what?
1: It went over a couple of weeks. The guy on the Fastlane forum was looking into China, and he was trying to find out how to get them. You know, communication was a little difficult, transportation was difficult, but eventually he was like, "Hey, dude, I got this stuff." Uh, you know, and I I went to talk to my wife, and I was like, "I had, you know, I sold my real estate business really very recently, and I had some cash laying around." So I just said to my wife, "Hey, babe, I'm going to take ten grand out of the bank. I'm going to bring it to New Jersey. I'm going to buy some masks." This is like an early. Probably early late February, early March, and my wife goes, uh, "We're shutting down our little t-shirt business for a little while." She goes, "We were talking about making masks ourselves. Are you going to compete with me?" (laughs) So I said, "No." I mean, obviously, I'm not going to compete with you. You need help, and she said, "Yeah." So I called my friend and explained the situation to him, and he was like, "I could care less, dude." He's like, "Honestly, I'll get rid of these on my own. It's not a problem." I was. I, I was only going to give them to you just because we had a you know I had been talking to you I didn't want to cut you out, so that was pretty cool, and so my wife uh, shortly thereafter launched launched this little company called the American Mask Project.
0: I love that it's such a good name.
1: They're so good at that stuff. Her and her partner it was Jen and Lisa who launched it. Uh, I, I would imagine somewhat reluctantly because they wanted, they were very focused on the t shirt business, but. I was doing Google Ads and I was doing Facebook ads. This is in early, this is in late March, early April of twenty twenty. My Facebook ads budget was fifty dollars a day the first few days. And I was spending about three to four thousand a day within a matter of weeks. It's a little fuzzy, but I would say within 30 days I was spending four grand a day. Is it profitable? Yeah. I mean, we're we're making them ourselves and you know, it's sewing machines set up and fabric set up and it was extremely profitable, I would say. But we made it. Cheap. We made them as cheap as we could. We sold two masks for ten bucks, which was when I pulled up Amazon. That was like the going rate at the time. Our mask was fabric, um, but there was a lot of Amazon had a lot of fabric masks at a price, and we were just like, we'll just make it at that price. Our our core thing was just to keep in business, um, just to keep the sewing machines running because we had you know we had sewing machines and to keep the workers working and to keep the store, my wife's store would have an ability to, to have people delivering and unpacking boxes. What, uh, what month was this? This is March and April of 2020.
0: Oh, okay. This, yeah, that's when we were like peak uncertainty. We're like, what's going to happen here? You know, No one knew. Yeah. It, you're right. It was like just anxiety, uncertainty, and let's keep busy. Where were they selling these, these masks?
1: So my wife has wholesale distribution all over the United States, Uh, So she was selling these masks to small retail stores all over the country. We had a Shopify site. We shut it down probably September of August of 2020. They they were really set up. But once there was enough people doing that mask business, they were just like, let them do what they're going to do. We're going to do what we want to do, which is t-shirts. So they moved quickly back to t-shirts. I would say by July of 2020 or June even, they were already ramping down and saying, we're walking away from this. And I was like, wait a second, you can't do that. I'm doing eighty thousand dollars a week here. It was like for me, it was like a dream because I'm reading all these books about big numbers and running Facebook ads and running Google ads and hire a professional and I'm doing it myself and I'm crushing it. You know, so I was like, no, I'm going to stay here and do this. And eventually, it was just nothing left. They sold all of the the product to um, Amazon, and Amazon did SBA on the remainder of it. Uh, sold by Amazon. And I was just standing there like, wait a second, get me more product. My website's still doing good. And I wasn't getting paid for this. I was doing it for free. I was in the fire department at the time. So it really was just deriving a lot of pleasure from it because it was like a hobby to me.
0: When, I mean, those numbers and that success, it's addictive. You know, like the, the cha-ching, the, the profit, all of it, it just, it flips that trigger in your brain. You get that dopamine hit. I mean, you're
1: like, I got to keep going. 100%. I love that. I still have the ding on today. I've never turned it off. The,
0: the classic, the cha-ching noise.
1: Yeah. If I go to the supermarket, if I go to the funeral, you know, families, dinners or whatever, I'll, I'll have it in my pocket on Buzz, but I still have it. I know people say they're like, one day you'll turn that thing off, but we've had 4,000 orders in a day and I still have it on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I
0: assume it was just continuous.
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm, I could care less. Like, I, I just want to know what's going on. I'll, t- I'll be honest with you, though. I understand why people want to shut it off, but for me, if I don't hear it going, I go to the website and there's been times when I went to the website, something was broken. And so there might be an app one day that will relieve me of this, but I have like uh, like a, a trauma situation, personal trauma from running ads with low five figures spend in a day and there's something broken on the homepage. So your conversion rate goes to like 025 and you just blow money like out of the window, <laughs> so uh, so yeah. So I keep it on honest.
0: I think there is an app for this. Uh, <laughs> there is, it's all right. It, it's a hundred a month. It's called Uptime. Automate Uptime automated store tests. I heard of it. Oh, it starts. At, I'm sorry, it starts at 29.
1: I, I think I'm actually. I spoke to him on Twitter. That guy. I think i actually. He's on my list of things to to up, implement. Uh, you know, seems like a cool guy. It's a, a great idea. Assuming
0: this is the same app, I think this is um Taylor Sicard's app.
1: Yeah, that's is him. Taylor? I've spoken to yeah, him. Okay, I've, I've talked to him by DM, and and you know, that's the old adage, recent the recent old adage, which is there's an app for everything.
0: As we ring in the new year, did you know that over 90% of Shopify merchants won't hit their maximum revenue in 2024? Ugh! That's because they're killing their conversion rates by using outdated landing page designs and default templates. You work hard all year and you deserve to realize your dream of owning a successful store. But without the right tools, it's like running a marathon with lead weights tied to your feet. That's where Zipify Pages comes in. Zipify Pages is the game-changing landing page builder created by the founder of a $180 million Shopify store. It has everything you need to transform your store into a high-converting, sales-generating machine. Zipify Pages intuitive builder, mobile-optimized templates, and AI-powered features are helping thousands of Shopify stores, boost their conversion rates, and run more profitable marketing campaigns. Zipify Pages improves every page on your Shopify store. Just select a template from their template library, and then quickly customize it to match your brand. You can easily create better product pages, landing pages, category pages, even home pages. And because every Zipify template is tested on their $180 million Shopify store, you know they actually work. So don't let 2024 drift by with unmet revenue goals. Upgrade your store today with Zipify Pages and make this your best new year yet. Go to Zipify.com slash Kurt to start a free 14-day trial. That's Z-I-P-I-F-Y dot com slash K-U-R-T to try Zipify Pages for free. So, all right, it's summer 2020. The, the rug's been pulled out from under you on the mask on the American Bass Project I assume you turn your attention back to perfect white tea.
1: This might be because I'm 50 or it could just be because maybe I fell down too many times, but uh, th- this time period is very fuzzy for me. I was, there were months where I It was, it was I did,
0: a weird time.
1: Yeah. Well, the, the fire department was very weird at that time. There was some months in that in that time period of 2020 where I did 300 hours of overtime in a single month. So it was a real blur. My kids are very young at the time. I wasn't doing a lot on the website in the very beginning, but they did use me for certain things. So I was doing engagement on Instagram for a little while. So what I would do is follow accounts and that were picked, they were given to me, like, hey, follow this account. And then I would engage with those accounts to garner some traffic, which is from Russell Brunson's book, Traffic Secrets. You know, you down- you download a hundred or you list a hundred influencers and then you interact with those hundred influences in social media that might influence your perfect avatar customer i would highly suggest to anybody who's looking for cheap traffic or to to build traffic to read his books
0: the yeah i've traffic secrets is, there's some good stuff in there what's the yeah. other one
1: there's three of them that's the only one i can remember the, num- the name of but traffic secrets uh, there was dot one that secret- the- no. dot com secrets that's it
0: it was like how to start a cult I don't know. Maybe it's expert. Yeah. It's traffic secrets, expert secrets, and dot .com secrets. I know the one, the intro is like, all right, I've studied cults and here's what you need to know. And then he makes, you know, a reasonable case for it. Um, yeah. the, it's kind of fun.
1: He's good. So, he's really good.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, he's, he's been around a while. Uh, so perfect. White you can team. apply
1: his book across any business. I feel like, I, I feel like even B2B, B2C, it doesn't matter what, what you're selling. If you're selling something that requires people to go to a website or even just requires to go to a business, his his book will apply.
0: And they're uh, they're quick reads. I I'll throw it in the show notes. Back to perfect white tea. You turn your attention back to perfect white tea. You're doing Instagram engagement. Walk me through some of the other strategies we're trying that worked. I like the the Instagram engagement one is a classic and probably overlooked just because it like oh it seems too easy, but you you put in the time and you get the attention. It works.
1: So I would say in the very beginning, and this is Lisa's story, but I can tell it because I know it pretty well. I've I've worked in her wholesale business for a long time. They got the product into 700 stores in the United States. Um, Nikki Joy, who works for Lisa, works with Lisa, and she runs Shonen Delfino, my wife's wholesale company. They're like experts at the trade shows, road shows. They actually started up their own trade show in 2020. Called Local Fair. And what they did was they called around to all of the brands in the contemporary market and said, Hey, you know, we can't do any shows right now, but what we were thinking about doing is maybe bringing some rolling racks and putting them in the parking lot of stores so that all the local stores could just show up to that one store's parking lot and it's outdoors in the summer and they could kind of do their buying things so their customers could have product because contemporary works off of seasons. So if you're not Seeing a season, it's really hard to buy it. This business usually works off of in-person sales. And the trade shows would happen at the Javits or you know, the peers in New York City, LA markets, Atlanta market. So they they launched this basically trade show with 50 or 60 brands in 2020. And that had a huge, huge part to play in perfect YT success because there's companies all over the United States that are not going to trade shows. And Perfect YT had its own trade show.
0: Starting your trade show is clever, especially at this time, because people are like, looking for ways to get out of the house. And so just setting it up outdoors was the solution. Um, and you're, you're, like, you're bringing the audience to you. That's very clever.
1: This is one of the businesses that I thought would be a great business that my wife launched. <laughs> I'm, I'm always wrong because this one's like, kind of like low end now. As far as revenues go. <laughs> they, they still do it, but when it first started, they had like they had ba- brands begging to get into the show and they were just turning them down left and right. Brands do it 20, 30, 50 million a year, brands that have been around 10 or 15 years, brands that sell in Nordstrom and you know, Bloomingdales and Saks Fifth Avenue. They're like, Nope, no rupia. Sorry. And they had 60 brands in the show. And guy were like that, they were like, That's it. It's too big. We can't do it. We can't go paint beyond this core group of brands that we're in in the very beginning so any of the brands that came later they were like no dice huge denim brands in the united states that are you know doing 50 million dollars of sales a year they were like nope can't come in
0: perfect yt what are you doing how what marketing what uh engagement strategy what are we doing to grow this thing
1: because i know you start getting a cro so i was looking at the site i was tinkering with uh maybe the returns frequently asked questions, product pages. They didn't give me a lot of of things to work on in the beginning. They weren't like, yeah, go ahead and do whatever you want to do. They were very protective of this website. But I was reading stuff and I always come up with ideas like, hey, let's try this. Let's try that. They're like, no, 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 not doing any of that stuff. And then by the fall of 2021, or actually in the summer of 2021, they started to bring me back in again. They had employed an agency to run Facebook and Google ads and things weren't going so well. Sales were great, but they had gone up and down in a short period of time. They were they hit six figures in the first seven months of sales in a single month. And they hit a million in the... Yeah, they hit a million in like less than seven or eight months in sales. And that's in DTC. They had already sold over a million in wholesale. So... Now they started looking at like mid five figures monthly, and they're like, "What's going on? We had a six figure month in January. How is this possible?" So they brought me in to take a look, and I started looking around stuff. And you know, I was listening to a lot of your podcasts at the time. So I think by you know, I was listening to Facebook. You had a Facebook guy on there in like August or September, or face- maybe it was a woman. I think I had somebody talking about Facebook ads that I listened to in August or September. So it was an iOS type uh, pod. So I was like all over uh, the Facebook guys, like, hey, I-, I need to talk to you guys. What are we doing about iOS 14? And they're like, nothing. Everything's cool. It's fine. And I'm like, what's oh your boy. plan? No plan. So I started looking at Facebook ads, and then I took Facebook ads away from these guys. They're good guys. I, I, looking back, I gave them way too much of a hard time. But I also, you know, it was my wife's company, and they were charging like five grand a month to do work, and I'm free. And, and the year before, I was doing 80 grand a week in sales on a brand new website. So I was like, I could do this. Anybody could do this. This is, you know, this is easy. So
0: you got in like, right. When it was shooting (laughs) fish in a barrel is, you know, you, you still needed to do everything right. But when you checked all the boxes, it just worked.
1: I can't tell you how many people I must've infuriated in 2020 when telling them how good I was at ad, you know, media buying as a brand new guy who was media buying with a product that Many people would want that super cheap, made in the United States, readily available when nobody else has the product. And they were listening to me being like, I know what I'm doing. These, these media buyers must have been like, what an idiot. This guy's just headed for the rocks. And, uh, you know, thank God I, I always listen to people. And, you know, I did struggle with Facebook ads after, w- w- after that period of success. I did struggle with Facebook ads. I did struggle with Google ads. Fortunately, I. I would go back to Reddit was my old source of information, Reddit pay click Reddit Google ads, Reddit Facebook ads. And I would be in there like, hey, guys, sorry, I was such a, you know, an a-hole last year. Can you guys help me out now? And they were very generous to me. The community was very generous with knowledge. And so in the fall of 2021, we were doing high five figures monthly. My goal was to break six figures a month. And I think I mentioned it on Twitter you had Chase Climber, right? Is it Chase? No, Chase, the email Chase, Chase Diamond. I was listening to his episode about email and he's got all these high level strategies in there. To me, high level, even today, they're high level to me. But I was like, oh my gosh, I got to do this. So I open up Clavio and I'm like hitting the keys. Oh, this is hard. I don't know what I'm doing over here. And I was trying to send out some emails. I was struggling. So I, I turned to the in-house team that we had at the time was supplemented by my wife's Crew in wholesale, which is like a dozen people. And, you know, they're all 20, 30 year old women, uh, 20s, 30 year olds women who are adept at marketing and sales. So I was leaning on them heavily to help me out as a 50 year old guy who's a fireman, used to swing in, you know, an axe and and a mole, used to breaking stuff for a living. Like, can you help me with this stuff? And they were helping me, but it was a little slow. So I went to Fiverr. And I probably should have just reached out to Chase Diamond, but I I was cheap. And I I went to Fiverr and I found a guy who did all the work for about 500 bucks, set up all my flows for me. And we started seeing revenues almost immediately. So I was like, hey, can you do campaigns? And he was like, I'll do it for two grand a month. And I'm always like very free with money in the beginning. So I'm like, yeah, we'll give it a shot. This is August. I mean, this is October of 2021. And he sent an email and it did like 30 grand. Campaign email I was like, "Holy cow, I found the Holy Grail over here. So in November, <laughs> we did about five times our normal amount of money that we had been doing up to that point, which obviously is Black Friday, and December was like the this is you know this is where the the buck stops. What happens in December? We did hundred thousand dollars just in email. Clavio attributed, so I'm sure that it's not all, but our revenues were three times what they had been. In September and October, each month compared, so it was obvious that email was.
0: Were you just not sending emails before?
1: We sent them, but we didn't have any flows set up that were, I would say, branded. You know, I had those Klaviyo flows that are just like, you left something in your cart, sir. Yeah. You know, like a Ex- little picture. Excuse
0: me, miss. You <laughs> dropped this. Yeah,
1: yeah. So this guy, uh, Timmy. His name is Timmy. He. he does branded emails. He's like, gets the brand voice down and they're really beautiful emails. So he's sending the stuff out. You know, he's got like, I don't know what the core flows are, maybe seven, six or seven, something like that. And three or four emails in each flow and strategy, you know, like a sh- he's executing like a marketing strategy. Like we left this in your cart. That's the first email, you know, blah, 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 blah. And perfect YT speak. Second email is, hey, you left this in your cart. You know, we really want you to come back. here, are 10% off. Later email, like fourth email, might be fifteen percent off. Last chance. So we started to see crazy revenues coming in from email, and I immediately took all that money and put it into ads.
0: You took all. You saw the email success. Took the the profit of revenue from that, and you're like, "That's just my new ad budget now."
1: To a point. I mean, we have a we have a, a number that we like to hit monthly in profit, so. I auto apply that number in my sheets that says this money is not to be touched. And then whatever was left over that, we just spend it.
0: All right. I like this approach. And when you phrase it that way, it sounds (laughs) saner. Yeah. You hit the goal of like, this is what we need to bank. All right. Beyond that, that's, we've got our short-term money. Now our long-term money, we're going to reinvest back in the business in the form of marketing and advertising spend. And that must really like crank up the, the marketing flywheel here. Like we have email, we add email to a point where it's like really successful. Now we're able to start putting that back into ad spend. Does that, does it scale? Does it work?
1: I was having a tough time with Facebook ads at the time I was running them myself. Uh, I wasn't really getting very far with Facebook ads. I I just wasn't spending anything in the account. Like I give a budget and it wouldn't spend. The creative was my creative. I was making it. it. Wasn't awesome. Google ads were crushing it. Uh, you know, I was using UTMs at the time, so I could see that the shopping ads were doing well. The brand search, obviously, was really doing well. Um, and Google ads were doing great. They were moving up. But I was having just trouble just spending the budget in Facebook. And I think that was mostly creative and also technique. I was using some old techniques that I had used on previous ad accounts, like lookalike audiences, targeting, um, well, I was just using a lot of different old school techniques and the, the face, Facebook was not doing well, but we were growing at a pretty good rate.
0: Crowdfunding campaigns are great. You can add social proof and urgency to your product pre-orders while reducing risk of failure. But with traditional crowdfunding platforms, you're paying high fees and giving away control, all while your campaign is lost in a sea of similar offers. It can be frustrating. That's why we built CrowdFunder, the Shopify app that turns your Shopify product pages into your own independent crowdfunding campaigns. We originally created CrowdFunder for our private clients, and it was so successful, we turned it into an app that anyone can use. Today, merchants using CrowdFunder have raised millions collectively. With CrowdFunder, you'll enjoy real-time tracking, full campaign control, and direct customer engagement. And it's part of the Built for Shopify program, so you know it's easy to use. So say goodbye to high fees and hello to successful store-based crowdfunding. Start your free trial and transform your Shopify store into a pre-order powerhouse today. Search crowdfunder in the Shopify app store to get started. So how would you, given your experience, email, Facebook, Google, comparing them, what's your thoughts today? You know, if someone's starting new, it's like, what, what do I start with? Where do I put my energy?
1: Before I would do anything on a site, I would make sure that it looks optimized for sales. And then I would set up emails, the first thing I would do. And after setting up emails, I would focus on Facebook ads in the beginning, unless you think that people are Googling your brand. But I would say get a good four, six weeks, two months in Facebook ads before I would really focus on Google ads. If you're seeing revenues, if you're not seeing revenues, I would just keep doing Facebook ads. But me personally, I think email is the first thing to get right.
0: Okay. I like this approach and I like your thinking here. You know, my advice to people has been like, hey, get on site, get on site right first within the best of your ability. And, you know, as you gain experience and you get customer feedback, it will change over time. And so that's our, we want like user experience to be as good as we can reasonably do. And from there set up email email keeps you top of mind it's the gift that keeps on giving right you set it up those flows you set them up once they're going to keep going but as okay. you learned, just having the default ones aren't that's better than nothing but having them like fully styled branded in use brand tone of voice then they start to sing if you don't have that brand awareness where people are going to be googling the brand, don't bother with Google ads which that has been opposite of my advice I mean like to try Google shopping first because it's it is easier um, that you don't have to figure out creative with it in the same way that you do with Facebook. But you're saying, "Hey, do Facebook ads until you get traction with that, and people are you know get ha- are aware of the brand and googling it." Then do Google ads.
1: Yeah, and for us, that was not a problem because because we're in 700 stores and there's just a ton of competition on Google Shopping for our brand name. For us, I was having a lot of success with Google Ads. But this is just from working on other brands other than perfect YT. Other brands I've noticed, if you're not getting Googled, it's tougher if your item is not something that's going to be a shopping item. You know, we have we have like brand names like for instance, I'm wearing this hooded sweatshirt, it's perfect white. It's called the Tommy. So if somebody's not looking for the Tommy in Google Ads, it's not gonna do really well. Um, right. I'm gonna search know, for
0: you, uh, like I'm gonna search for hoodie. I'm not gonna type in Tommy because yeah. I don't know to do that. Okay. Yeah. So sort of as like product title.
1: Yes. And if some, I actually, I, I, I'm not positive of this today, but at some point in the past, I had hoodie as a negative keyword, like in some of my, you know, like cheap hoodie, uh, well-made hoodie. Like there was a bunch of negative keywords that I put together because I could see that I was not getting any return on ad spend with those words because like, for instance, this hoodie, you cost 170 bucks. So most people who are looking for a hoodie when they go into Google Shopping are not looking for this one. They're looking for something totally different. So it's tough. Once once you get established, yeah, people will look for your product more.
0: And so, well, what's the biggest the biggest monthly ad budget you've managed?
1: I would say I, you know, when you ask a question like that, I feel the need to look at the number because I uh, never trust myself with stuff like this. We would just, if we were to
0: just estimate.
1: So uh, I know what it is now. It's uh, five hundred and twelve thousand dollars. Five hundred and twelve thousand
0: dollars from running ads at a volume like that. What do you think? What's the biggest lesson you've learned?
1: Cody Flocker did an uh, audit on my account last year and he gave me some tips and the thing i would say is get the account audited every six months by somebody that you think knows what they're doing in facebook ads even if they have a different way of running ads they might come up with a few tips that you know you pay this guy a grand or 1500 whatever he maybe two thousand dollars whatever he asks for who's running high level ads you get his input and it's gonna be worth money (laughs) it's the best money you're possibly going to spend to me.
0: I love this advice. Like, cause you're, you're running the edge yourself, but you're saying, Hey, every, you know, every six months, you know, quarterly, twice a year, annually, get a fresh set of eyes on it from someone you respect and trust. Cause they're going to have a different perspective and maybe that's going to get you unstuck, get you try something new or get you see something that you had become blind to and didn't know.
1: So I run the ad account, but I do have somebody who helps me a little bit. Uh, So I don't want to take 100% credit for the ad account. There is somebody who helps me in the background a little bit. But yeah, I I control it myself like day-to-day. Like yesterday, I raised the spend on everything. Right now, I'm spending about 110 or 120% of what I was doing in October.
0: Hindsight being 2020, looking back on it, of the strategies that you've employed on to grow Perfect White Tea, what do you think was most effective?
1: A lot of the things I did on Fiverr in the very beginning, just like little things, like setting up shopping, because uh, I- I've learned, man, I- I'm the wrong person to set up a Google Merchant Center just because I'll make some stupid data entry mistake. It's rough. Yeah. So I farm out all that stuff. I-, I did it myself in the beginning. I spent hundreds of hours in Google Shopping, in Google Merchant Center, in you know all of these different little areas, like you know Google Console, and I would just scroll like you know, spend hundreds of hours over a four to six month period, and be like account suspended, like oh my gosh, I'm going to kill myself. No, I'm not going to kill myself, but you know, just like extreme frustration. Um, so I would say r- oversee things, but if you're not really good at something, get somebody else to do it. Get somebody maybe not who's expensive at it, but somebody who's experienced at it
0: smart yeah i mean otherwise you end up you're just like banging your head against a wall and it's not you're not getting anywhere and you're frustrated so knowing what you're not good at and then farming that out always good advice
1: three things that i can name right now that frustrate me pinterest ads tiktok ads and seo not on page seo i'm good with that i love on page seo interesting yeah i'll do i'll do i do the on page seo myself i i love to do it like anything in, inside of the website but the backlinking and all that stuff, just because Google's always changing their policies, we d- I do zero SEO now, off page, like backlinking, blogging, all that stuff, nothing. I do nothing of it. Um, and Pinterest and TikTok ads, just sheer frustration for me. Uh, maybe it's just because I'm old. you know. Pinterest maybe because I'm a man and maybe women are better at it or somebody's better at it. I had this guy recently tell me on Twitter about Pinterest ads and I was like, you know, no way. I'm not going to do that. I spent a ton of money and a ton of effort, and I got zero out of it. Running UTM's, like looking every day for like four or five months. TikTok ads too. Spent like high five figures in a four to six month period. Very little to show for it.
0: Ouch. The I mean, sometimes it's good to know what doesn't work. But well, have you have you messed with TikTok Shop at all?
1: Everybody's talking about it. Everybody's talking about it. I'm like, oh man, I hate that. I hate that platform. Um, I don't. I have a TikTok uh, account myself personally, and the brand has a TikTok account. But we've done fifty or so, like TikTok ads that we created just for TikTok, and they bombed. And we did. We've done a ton of content on TikTok, just organic content, and none of it's really. Excuse me. None of it's really done awesome. So at this point, I'm like, okay, cool. Move on. Not my thing.
0: Yeah. yeah. It's a lot of... Like any of these platforms, it's trial and error. What we have seen with, with TikTok shop is for the people where it worked, where it resonated, the juice is worth the squeeze. And I say that because it's yeah. like, oh yeah, you're getting daily orders through it, but also the, the integration, and I'm sure it's going to get better, but at least the initial integration was rough. Um, you know, just a lot of a lot of frustration and gnashing of teeth as people get up to speed with it, but still, you know, willing to fight with it and and work through it because yeah. they were able to get orders with it. But we got a few people who are like, this thing's gonna make me crazy. Also it could sales, so I'm gonna keep fighting okay. it.
1: So I remember the integration was a little rough. I remember the integration was a little rough. It was a little weird, like hokey, the program, you know, the the platform inner base is a little odd, maybe not that difficult. It was just like not intuitive. But I wasn't even talking about that. I was just talking about getting 50 videos created that cost, you know, a good amount of money, edited, set up, everything's done, takes, you know, 45 days to start getting one video from the day that you start paying people. It takes about 45 days till you till I got an ad that I could run. And just the level of frustration with watching the UTMs and seeing nothing come through. I was like, oh my gosh, this is, this is money so much better spent on Facebook. But- I am curious about their new setup because I see all these guys talking about it. Um, I've heard crazy stories of like their TikTok is giving 20% off on orders, but they're putting yep. that money up themselves. So that's interesting because anybody who's gonna do that, like, hmm, maybe this is something. Maybe we could figure this out. So yeah, I'm I'm interested and I'm watching it.
0: Yeah, it's it's certainly something to, to keep an eye on. Uh so What's next for you? Any exciting plans, projects on the
1: horizon? Uh no, I would say we're just going to keep doing what we're doing. I I'm I'm probably going to launch TV soon, and that's most of the reason I wouldn't be going towards TikTok shops right now is that I usually like to do one thing at a time and get it locked in. And I would say, you know, we we grew up, we grew over 300% this year. Like close to three fifty or three sixty by the time the year is over, which is much more than we grew last year, and we grew in the two in the high twos last year, so I'm very happy with that, but my goal this year is to grow another three hundred percent, and who knows you know I might not make it uh, i've I've set goals before in the past that were ridiculous, and I got them, and I've set goals before that weren't that you know spectacular and and missed them. I usually don't let it affect my uh my personal life too much or my happiness. I'm just like, "Ah, whatever. You know, it's a number on a wall. I'll just erase it, put a new number up. No biggie."
0: You are probably wiser and more mature than I am. Like missing goals, you know, running into frustrations like that, just brutal. Yeah. I I got to be careful with it and be aware of it.
1: I don't give up so easy though. I had a goal on the board this year. I hit most of the goals that we had set, but I had one goal this year that we have not hit yet. It's a it's an overall number for the year, and I'm very close to it. But obviously, you know, I track everything by day, so I know there's very very little chance of me hitting it. I have to go crazy numbers before the end of the year to hit that goal, and you know, it's maybe like six figures. I'm six figures away from it, low six figures away from it. So the last five or six days, I just been plotting and scheming about how I could hit it. We don't do a lot of discounts, so I can't do a sale. So I came up with you a know, couple of ideas. Yeah, <laughs> I have to have videos. I don't have any content. That's the problem. Uh, we don't. Oh, we geez. do all of our content in house. We we don't use UGC whatsoever. Um, my wife used to take all of the pictures, and her partner used to take the pictures, and now we have one of their friends who takes all the pictures. She runs all of our creative in house. So we're not, we're not video people. So we're kind of locked into what we have. But yeah, I mean, uh, maybe it's a thought. Maybe I get off the phone and just say, hey, let me spend two hours on our TikTok account. It's still, I still have the ad account. I think they they suspended it for a little while because I'm not using it, but I probably could get it going again.
0: That, you know, something to try. Um, man, this is, there's so much in here to unpack i i appreciate the advice i appreciate your your candor and honesty with your experience um it's interesting and inspirational uh johnny hickey thank you so much
1: you got it kurt thanks a lot thanks for all your help in my early stages man i i was listening to tech nasty and i got you know (laughs) i I listened to so many of them i got there it goes i was sick of the sound at one point i was like oh my gosh i wish he would stop doing that (laughs) But I kept listening the, and I got I, a lot, a lot really out of eased it. eased off. So tell me- um, It helps It helps me remember yeah, what it was like in the very beginning when I did not have a Shopify site and I was thinking about how do I get a Shopify site? Because I remember hearing it for the first time and being like, you know, your pod, not the technician. But I, I heard about it and I said, man, how do I get my hands on a Shopify site? And then my wife's like, oh, I'm thinking about putting some of the content online. What do you think? And I'm like, chop. So- you 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 actually influence which platform I ended up on.
0: Oh man, that's what we love to hear. And <laughs> you know what's funny? The whole time I heard that ding going off in the background.
1: Yeah, I, think was, I heard the <laughs> ding. Uh, so so easily, so easily entertained. I'm so easily entertained by just that simple sound.
0: That's you know that's uh, one of the secrets to a happy life is appreciating the little <laughs> things. Johnny Hickey, thank you so much.
1: Thank you so much, Kuukar. Thank you.